Well, good morning, good afternoon, or you guessed it, good evening. Whatever time is most appropriate for you as you are tuning in, I am looking out my window, looking at the tall trees, blowing a little bit. It's hot, but it's a cool breeze, and it is a beautiful day. And it is the day that the Lord has made, and we will. I'm including you today. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the A Brand New Day with Stephanie J Show. Tuning in from wherever, and I'm happy to have you for this little bit of time that I have. And what does it mean to rejoice? If you've listened before, you know I always start with my foundational scripture. I give you a definition for rejoice and then my acronym. So here it goes. To experience joy and gladness in a high degree, to be exhilarated with lively and pleasurable sensations, to exalt. And my acronym, reach every day for the joy offered in Christ to everyone. And yes, I'm going to remind you from time to time that that includes you. The offer is available to all, not just some, not just the elite, not just the select few, not a particular denomination. Denominations have nothing to do with God. What he created was the body of Christ, an organism, a living organism, not an uh, uh, organization for you to join and have a membership. And, you know, I've had quite a few through the years at various churches, denominational, non-denominational, but I found out the more that I grew, the more that I studied the word, the more that I heard really good teaching um, on various aspects. I learned that we are a part of the body and each of us has a particular and specific part to play. And I don't know why I'm getting off on that, but it is available to all who would make the decision. And I hope that you do. There are many good programs out there on salvation, many podcasts. There are uh, many good Bible teaching podcasts and uh, you know, shows on YouTube. And so what I all often say and encourage people to do, and it's something that I do as well. When you listen to something, open up the Bible. If you don't have one, you have to go get one, go borrow one, or even use the Bible on your phone or tablet or iPad, whatever device you're using. Pull up the scripture so that you can make sure that you're being taught out of the word because sometimes people do have a way of twisting the scriptures and even twisting the meaning. So you really have to pray for discernment. And I won't take the time right now, but I have a really interesting story about how the Holy Spirit gave me the gift of discernment in a public uh, worship service at uh, an African ministry that I ended up attending and working along with for about eight or nine months many years ago. But I'll hold off on that and try to remember that a little later or another episode. But we have to have discernment and wisdom, like the books that I just put out on Amazon, Simply God's Word on Wisdom and Simply God's Word on Being Wise. We definitely want to be wise today. 
The Bible tells us to be wise as serpents. And we know serpents were cunning because that's who deceived Eve. That's who Satan, the enemy, worked in in the garden back in Genesis to get humanity to fall. So it says, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. We're to be gentle, but wise. And being gentle, let me clear this up before I get into my topic. To be gentle does not mean weak. It does not mean to be a doormat. It does not stop letting people. I've heard it. I've had so many people say this to me. Well, I thought you were supposed to be a Christian. Being a Christian doesn't make me a fool. Being a Christian does not make me naive. Jesus was not weak in any way. Go ahead and read through the Gospels. As I mentioned previously, I've listened to the Gospels on CD one day, and then the next day I've read through the book of Matthew. There was nothing weak about Jesus. If anything, you could say that he was meek, but he was strong. His words were strong. He said what he needed to say to get his point across. He definitely dealt with those Pharisees. He was not afraid to speak his mind. Woe unto you hypocrites. You go tell that fox. Jesus was not weak and following Jesus does not make you weak. Okay, let's just clear that up. So before I go off on a tangent, because I'm not even really sure how I got there, my topic today is going to be joy. And I thought that befitting after talking about grief the last two episodes, and the Bible does say in Psalm 30 and verse five, weeping may endure for night, but joy comes in the morning. And I've experienced that on many occasions, weeping through the night and not necessarily the morning that's you know, when you wake up in the morning, oh, you're going to weep. You're going to get up. No, sometimes it may be days. It may be months. In the case that I gave the illustration with my brother's death and then my son being born on that date that he died many years later, your morning could be a long time. But in between times, I found God will bring a refreshing. The Bible says in the Old Testament about the children of Israel, he set up an oasis in the wilderness, meaning they were in a dry place. You may be in a dry place right now. You may be in a hard place. I've been in them all, hard places, dry places, dark places. I've been in seasons of my life where I never thought the light was going to come back on. And I tried talking to some people. I tried uh, getting help in some areas and it just didn't work that way for me. A lady told me that I met miraculously back in Ashland, Virginia years ago. My childhood friend Carmel and I went to these campgrounds and within about 20 minutes of trying to find the dorms that we were going to stay in, a few people came up and, you know, came up the stairs and my outgoing friend, She's far more outgoing than I ever was and probably ever will be. And she just said, can somebody tell us, you know, where these, where these beds are or whatever. And one lady spoke up and she said, oh, I'll show you. She said, I've been coming here for years. I know where everything is. And she took us and this began after she showed us, began to speak into our lives, a powerful word. And one of the things that she said to me, she talked to us for over an hour. By the time we finished, we didn't even feel a need to stay and attend, you know, the rest of the camp because we knew, okay, this is what the Lord sent us here for. And so she ended up coming back and staying with me the rest of the weekend before returning home to Delaware. So we just had a joyous time. And one of the things that she said to me 
was your ministry is going to be dependent totally on God. She said, God wants you to depend on him for everything. She said, he doesn't want you working. I was working at the time and I continued to work for a few years until God removed me. But I understand now his plan and what he was doing. So she said, you're going to have to rely on him. He's going to work miracles for you so that you can learn to trust him. And he has done that and he continues to work miracles for me. So again, I'm coming to you with loads of experience and I'm hoping and praying that this, these episodes, this podcast will make a difference in your day. It will make a difference in your journey or how you look at it, how you perceive it. It will help you to make a uh, what is called a paradigm shift, the way that you look at it. Like they say, some people look at a glass halfway and some will look at the fact that it's half empty. And then the other side will look at the fact that it is half full. So you get to decide how you're going to navigate this thing. Now, I'm going to take a pause here. My son, Christian, is going to share a moment with us. And we wrote the acronym for, for it is MO, M-O-E, moment. And it is a moment of education. He's going to talk to us today about, (laughs) and he just dropped his uh, textbook on the floor. So give us a minute. Okay. It's on the same page. I don't think you can sit it there like that without holding it. Let me hold it for you. And you're going to share with us today about what, Christian? The dance of the honeybees. Okay, come a little closer to the mic. Okay. Hello, listeners. I want to share with you today about how when we signal people about where something is, we point at it or we tell them where it is. But unlike us, honeybees, they dance. They have three dances. First one, the downward wagging dance. This dance shows the bees that flowers can be found in the direction opposite toward the sun. An upward dance means the flowers are toward the sun. Dance number two, the wagging dance on, done on an angle. A dance on an angle shows that the flowers that the flowers can be found toward or away from the sun at that angle. The round dance, this dance tells the other bees that flowers are nearby. And that's the three dances of the honeybees. All right, that is really fascinating. And thank you for sharing it with me. Did you have anything else you wanted to add or you're finished? I'm finished. All right, well, thank you so much. Now, he shared that with me a little earlier this morning. Whenever he finds little interesting facts, he hears something on, you know, Wild Crafts or one of his shows that he likes to watch. Yes, I have a kid who still watches kid shows. No adult movies going on in here, not for, for us or for him. Not I definitely cleaned out movies years ago. Um, I told a story about that on previous podcast years ago. And the short of it was, 
I didn't even have. And I'm not talking X-rated and really bad R-rated movies. I think at that time, the worst movie that I had was Training Day. And it was a movie. I don't even think I bought that movie. I think it was my husband. But you know, he knew that I was a Denzel fan. So he went out and bought me when we got together. I mean, we've been together over 13 years now. So I'm talking early in our relationship. He went out and bought me this pack of uh, movies, Devil in a Blue Dress, uh, two more Denzel movies, and then Training Day, or I may have bought Training Day. I don't know. I just didn't know how bad the language and stuff was in training day. Cause I didn't see it in the movies or anything. I just saw it one day and I really do believe that I bought it. I bought that one. But after I watched it and was watching through that, I said, Oh no, this, this got to go off. And I remember my teenage son at the time kind of getting upset, like, all right, mom, it's not that bad. I said, Whoa, this is like horrible. No, let's choose something else. And I shut it down. I took cable out of our home man, 17, 18 years ago for various reasons, but I was not trying to pay uh, for a lot of communication and have things streaming through my house, garbage stream, streaming through my home that can affect my children and things like that. So I got rid of that stuff and I never purchased it again. And I know people are like, wow, you're like, close to a monk. <laughs> yes, there are a lot of things that I don't do because for me personally, it is not conducive to my walk, my spirituality, where I wanted to go. And at that time, I removed the television from my room and I was a computer clubhouse manager at the time. And so I had to deal with computers all day, dealing with children, dealing with computers. So my computer basically just sat in my room and I did, just didn't have a desire to get on it after you know being out all day, being forced to do everything with computers, including repair them when they broke down. So I totally got away from it, which it, I intended for it to be a few months it turned into years. I never put that television back in my room. We had one television out in the living room and that was it. And even then I monitored what my what movies my children watched once the cable was taken out. And I never missed it. I saved a lot of money, a lot of heartache, a lot of aggravation that people go through and I hear it. I hear the stories. I read the stories, you know, uh, my husband won't come to bed. He's on a computer all night. Mm, okay. Not going to talk about that. Um, my husband or my wife stays up all night in front of the TV and the, no, we don't have those problems here because we chose, we choose to buy movies. We choose family movies. My husband and son, they like to watch a lot of animated, uh, cartoons and we, uh, limit what even can come through our phones. It is filtered. That's how we live. And I make no apologies for it. Am I a saint? Am I? Well, the, actually, Paul refers to us as saints in the Bible, but meaning, am I perfect? Do I do everything perfect? No, I do not. But there are some areas in my life that are very disciplined because I've been doing these things. I've been practicing. That's how things become habitual. Just like you can make bad habits, you can make good habits. And I made up my mind early in life. There are just some things that I don't want to be a part of my life. The party scene, the drug scene, certain types of people, uh, certain types of activities. 
my home is my place of peace. This is the place where you can get away from things and come in and shut yourself in. If, if I just want to be in my bedroom alone, I want it to be peaceful. We listen to peaceful music. I don't listen to rap, R&B, uh, violent sounding music, loud, noisy sounding music. I like instrumental music. The other day, the last few days, we've been listening to a little bit of classical music as he's been doing his studies and I've been you know, working at the table on stuff. I like a lot of instrumental music. I like Ben Tankard. I like Kirk Whalum. I like jazz musicians. I like um, certain types of gospel, inspirational. Um, and of course, some of our music, I'm not even gonna say I like a lot of our music as far as some of the, the music that we had when we started out, we used a lot of what someone else gave us and we just kind of work with it because we were just enthused and excited about, you know, making our own music and being able to express ourselves. But if I could actually sit down and really, really make music, it would be a totally different sound. And I've dabbled in it. My husband would say, uh-uh, put your hands on the keyboard. You go ahead and do it. You got that idea? Go ahead and find those keys on that keyboard. And, and I would do it, but I'm just not a musician like that. So anyway, some of these very reasons, and I don't even remember what my point was about the music. I'm just going off on a tangent today. Some of, some of the reasons why I do have much more joy. And the reason why I can bounce back, even when things hit me, even when I've gone through very heavy, heavy situations through the years is because of a lot of things that I don't allow in my life. A lot of the type of people that I don't allow in my life. I had to do an elimination process and I've been doing that through the years. I've realized that I had some people in my life that they only came to me when they needed something, when they wanted something or when they needed an ear, when they needed good advice, good counsel. Oh, they have no problem calling you then. How you doing? But after that, you don't hear from them. And I realized one day I sat back and I said, hmm, there were about three or four people. And this is the last several couple months. I'm talking recent. I said, you know, if I don't call, text or email these individuals, I don't hear from them unless something is going on. Then I get these texts. Hey, sis, what's going on? You you busy? I, I just need to talk to you about something. And then one had the audacity when I didn't respond right away to send me a text and say, hey, sis, this is not like you. You know, you usually call back. And I was sitting there like, mm -hmm, yeah, I usually do. But this time I didn't. I went on and eventually called back. You know, I said, I'm in the middle of something right now. I'll call you back a little later. I caught the little tube. But anyway. So I said, you know what? This was back in March. I said, let me see what happens if I don't call, text, or email these individuals. Let me see when I'll hear from them. Well, guess what? I only heard back from one person that I'm still in touch with today. The others have not. No, let me correct that. The others had not corrected me. And until about two weeks ago or less than two weeks ago, that same individual that I'm talking about sent me a text message and said, hey, haven't heard from you. I was the last one to make the contact. Haven't heard from you. Haven't heard your voice. I let them go. It's time to let go of everything in my life that is not serving me. Now, years ago, I would have thought that was wrong. That was the wrong attitude to have until I started discovering how many different people Jesus 
didn't let affect him. How many people Jesus walked away? I mentioned in another podcast when they asked him to go away from their region. You're messing up our livelihood. Go. Jesus did not say, well, you know, I came to, you know, set y'all free. I know y'all have a lot of problems. No, he just got in the ship and he sailed away and he went to people who needed the miracles. I realized I had a lot of grief, a lot of heartache in my life because a lot of the people in my life I'm sorry, include my in-laws. Oh, that's that's another topic. A lot of people will use the gifts in you. They want you to do everything for them. Attend this, attend that. Come and do this. Come and help my family. Oh, can you take us here? Can you take us there? And I spent a lot of my young adulthood raising my children, taking care of my home, being a wife, but I've always given. I always had some type of ministry and I was not always happy. I did stuff a lot of times out of obligation. And then I always get to the point or got to the point where I would say, okay, so now this person is taking my kindness for weakness. And I would continue to do stuff and continue to do stuff and continue. And and one day I just woke up. That's all I'm going to say about that because this episode is supposed to be about joy. One day I just woke up and I stopped letting people use me. Does that mean I don't do anything? No, it doesn't. I do what I can if I felt led to. A lot of things I pray about because the Bible says don't cast your pearl before swine. They're going to rend, turn around and rend. People will trample, trample over you. A lot of times people take what you have to offer And then they want to turn around and betray you or stab you in your back. I've been through all of that. I don't have time or space or room for that stuff anymore. Did y'all hear me say, I think the last episode, time is too short. Time is valuable. You can't get it back. So these days I'm going to enjoy myself. I've had a lot of misery, a lot of grief, a lot of sorrow, a lot of down times, a lot of bad times, a lot of horrible times. And in between were just splattered little, little times of joy, not even a whole season. So this, this day, it is a brand new day. So I'm not just doing this podcast for others. When I'm speaking this, I'm hearing myself and I'm reminding myself, Stephanie, this is a brand new day for you as well. And I am walking in it and I'm no longer allowing people to put their claws and their hooks in me to get everything. The reason why it took me so long to start doing my own stuff And I even have someone in my life right now. I won't even talk about that. The person is from my past. It's been in my life for a long time. And I have respect for this person. But the more I talk to this individual, I'm learning. I don't really like those ways. The the manipulation and try. I, I let this person get a hold on my mind at a young age and would tell me stuff like, you know, yeah, you're going to reach your destiny, but you got to help other people like Joseph did. When Joseph was in prison, he interpreted dreams and he did this and he did that. And so I put a lot of people first for many, many years and I dabbled in a little bit. I wrote poems. I wrote books. I did this. I did that. But ministry wise, I helped everybody else's ministry. Can you come over here and sing? Can you do this? Can you cook? Can you help me? Can you come to my Bible studies? I went to my in-laws Bible studies for years. I'm cooking. I'm helping. I'm bringing food. I'm setting up. I'm the only one there cleaning up afterwards. I mean, I did all kinds of stuff. Today, my focus on 
My focus is on me and what I need to do. Raising my child, being the woman that I need to be, learning, growing, doing what I'm called to do. And I am not, I'm sorry, I'm not Moses. I'm not going to let people make me miss the promise land because they want to stay out there and deal with their foolishness. You have a choice to make listeners. I don't know who you are. I don't know what your situation is, but I can see some of y'all nodding y'all head. I wish I could put a hand praise in here like I could in the old podcast. Y'all know that's a praise moment. Y'all are sitting there shaking your head like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, been there, done that. But some of you choose to continue to let it go on. And I'm not saying it's easy. We definitely feel an obligation to those who are closest to us. And a lot of times, unfortunately, these people aren't giving you anything. They're not giving anything back in return. All they want to do, like Tyler Perry said in that clip, they're leaves. They're coming in, taking, 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 and just offering a little bit of shade. But when they get what they need, they're blowing off in the wind and you don't hear from them until they need something else. So my joy definitely comes from the Lord relationship with him. And I'm not talking about this fickle religion stuff. I'm talking relationship, real relationship that makes me turn my plate down, that makes me fast and pray, even if I don't feel like it. A relationship that makes me get on my face before him, seek him first in his kingdom, uh, doing for others as I'm led to do. All of that is a joy. It's a joy to be able to know that I can be in relationship with the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And so let me just spend a little bit of time reading a few scriptures on joy because, you know, my time is running down. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 1 Thessalonians 5 16 through 18. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save, He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. And that's the scripture I mentioned on an earlier podcast, Zephaniah 3 and 17. That's something definitely to get into your spirit. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Romans 12 and 12. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Philippians 4 and 4. And my foundational scripture, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Psalm 118 and 24. Whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. First Peter 1, 8, 9. And when I said that joy unspeakable, a song popped in my mind from Douglas Miller. He used to come, you know, he was big and Kojic back in my childhood. And he used to come to our church and he came to one revival that I remember. And he was singing, my soul is anchored in the Lord. But I always liked his song. I have joy, 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 unspeakable joy. And I want to mention something about music and songs that we choose. So let me just read a few more and I'll go out on that note. Hitherto, 
And this is the King James Version, by the way. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. John 16 and 24. You know, Jesus said in John 10 and 10, the latter part of the verse, I have come that they might have life and life more abundantly. So God, he's not a stingy God. He doesn't, you know, every time you read about peace or abundance or joy is always, it's always full. He doesn't focus on everything you do, what you don't have. He's like, Hey, I'm the author of life. I am the author and finisher of your faith. Have you ever really looked those of you who have gone through the Bible, at least read through it, at least familiar with it, read enough in the Old and the New Testament. Have you noticed that all throughout the Bible, it tells us what God has given us? The Holy Spirit says he's given us. God says he's given us the Holy Spirit and he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. The Bible tells you that in Isaiah, that he is your righteousness. He's given you his righteousness. Jesus has exchanged his righteousness for our filthy rags. He's given us his joy. He's given us the fruit of his spirit. He's given us an abundance of peace. I mean, come on. He said he's dealt to every man the measure of faith. We don't have to go out and reinvent the will. All you have to do is take advantage of what's offered. So you can choose to sit back and grieve and be despondent and hopeless and read the news all day and listen to news and get around a bunch of sad, as my father used to call them, sad apples or a sad, uh, you know, he used to call a group in my family, uh, the you know, he's asked my mother what the hens talking about today. He said the bad news hens or the bad news bears. Some people, all they come with is negativity, but you don't want that. It's not time for that. You And if you're that person, stop it. Stop being that person. Stop talking yourself down. Stop talking yourself or drinking yourself into a stupor. That is not helping. One last scripture. Every man according as he purposes in his heart. So let him give not grudgingly or of necessity for God loveth a cheerful giver. So see, even in your giving, God wants you to be cheerful. He wants you to be joyful. So be encouraged until we speak again. Be abundantly blessed.